Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Hello. Welcome to a horror episode. Bum, bum, bum. Not again. <laughs> but it's different this time. Well, no, okay. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's October, so you know everyone does spooky themes. Uh, today, this week, this month, uh, we'll talk about monsters. Uh, I think in the last horror episode, we talked more about the horror themes, getting into slasher and psychological themes things like that but we didn't we just touched on monsters so i think this one we're just going to introduce some monsters and discuss some some plot hooks and things like that so we've each come with two examples of monsters and then we'll give you guys the listeners uh some ideas on how to use those and create horror campaigns or just horror one shots it doesn't matter and there's always, you know, you could take a horror theme that's supposed to be scary and make it a really kooky, just Halloween theme and make it fun. And I don't know, uh, kill Jack Skellington or something, you know, <laughs> I did find I did find a one shot about Jack Skellington taking over the town. Oh, yeah, uh, they've started him. They've yeah. started him several places. <laughs> so, uh, Thorne, you said you wanted to go first. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go first. And and. Don't get me wrong, listeners. Everybody can do the same horror tropes. Any horror trope you see on a movie, TV, you know, any of them you can use. Vampires, werewolves, um, zombies, any of those are common and can be used and can be done really well. Don't knock it. Play them. I did a zombie one in World of Darkness. It was awesome. Uh, But we're hopefully giving you some little off the wall, little different ones that you can use. Um, now, the first one I want to go with is is actually a creature that me and Bone Daddy came up with on a Patreon episode, an NPC of the week, and they were called the Slugs of Infinity. Now, it's sort of a twist on body snatchers, but let's say your party is camping in the woods, because that's what you do when you go between towns. You're camping. You don't get beds. You don't get cots. You get the ground and a blanket. And these things are really small. They're about anywhere from an inch to three inches long, kind of a sickly gray color, and they crawl up behind your ear. And what they basically do is stick a proboscis into your brain and they act like a parasite. Now, you could go along with a a player who would not be against doing this. Um, Your character is basically not going to exist anymore but you're going to play a person that is but isn't so you got to be just a little off and if you have a really good player that can do this by all means get him into it it me personally i would love to do it i think it would be a blast uh but that unknown person you know that this person that you've known that maybe you've known for a while known for a while all becomes all of a sudden becomes an unknown person and i'll learn to talk sooner or later but if it's this new person that all they want to do, their, their main driving force is to procreate, to get more hosts for these parasites. So maybe they all of a sudden 
want to go this different direction. You're heading to this town. They're like, no, we need to go over here and check this this other town out or this cave out. We need to go somewhere else and push them and push them to where it's almost uncomfortable because you want these, you want your players to basically see that there's something wrong and not know because fear of the unknown is, is one of the best fears you can draw on with your party. And it's a lot of fun. If you want to hear about these slugs and more in depth of course it's on it's on our patreon uh patreon slash this dungeon is occupied podcast shameless plug and i mean that's that's it you can really go in a lot of different directions with it but the main plot hook is just the attachment and it could be an npc if you don't think anybody's going to be able to do it or it could be a person you meet on the road or it could be you know maybe your um quest giver is that slug now and they're giving you a quest to go here and it's a trap I like but that. yeah horror of the unknown fear of the unknown is always one of the best things that i do i love doing fear of the unknown i love a good parasite yeah parasites are great parasites. well and especially i mean you know parasites obviously you if you are able to at a table if your table allows it parasites can also just bring straight up body horror Oh yeah, and you could slowly drive that because it's it's a parasite. It's taken over. Maybe that person's actually still alive in there. Maybe it slowly drives them insane. And every once in a while, they take take control and damage themselves because they think if they damage themselves enough, the parasite will leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different things. You wake up and this man, this your this NPC is sitting there carving on his face, mm-hmm. laughing. Ooh, like the ruin. Or crying. I mean, ooh, like the ruin. Yeah. Oh, or uh, like um, Firefly. Yeah, the the creatures in space. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, oh, see that's that's. I mean, you get into body horror, you get into some of that stuff. You got to talk to your table, see with the heart. Yeah, and I, I mean, you could from the body horror, you can get into psychological horror because I mean, seeing an NPC Ooh. decide to to kill things. Yes, <laughs> Bone Daddy, the King of Horror. What do you got? Oh, king of Horror. Uh, I would love to be the King of Horror. Um, so I have a very interesting creature with me today. Um, so war is a really terrible thing, you know, <laughs> um, in the events of war and the events of like a mass grave or the events where millions of people like die in one per- in one place. Um, there's always a lot of like regret and like final thought that lingers in these places, especially like graveyards, especially like war zones. And those sometimes in Dungeons and Dragons um, take root and take form together and eventually become a large ghostly creature known as a gallows speaker. So the gallows speaker is an amalgamated spirit of tormented spirits of, of, of people who are tormented by their collective pain and is endlessly moaning disjointed final thoughts as they lash out of the living. Um, Gallo speakers uh, rarely speak coherently and they communi- when they communicate with the living and are instead obsessed with the memories of death. Um, these are CR6 creatures, so it's a little bit stronger of a ghost. They have a large plethora of immunities um, to conditions. They can't be charmed, they can't be exhausted, they can't be framed, they can't be grappled, they can't be paralyzed, they can't be petrified, they can't be poisoned, they can't be prone and they cannot be restrained and not only that these creatures have the ability of true sight so you can't go invisible in front of them either they always know you're there 
Um, these are undead creatures. Um, they hover on the ground 40 feet in the air. And they have, not only that, these can actually predict the death and suffering and foresee doom of those that encounter them. So if you want to terrify your players um, or foreshadow something, you can totally make them um, see the see a gallow speaker. Um, one of which I believe is in the Curse of Strahd. So if you play the Curse of Strahd, there actually might be a point, if I remember correctly, where you run into a gallow speaker. Now, I don't know how to describe this creature without being like, oh my gosh. Um, it looks like an undead skeleton floating in the air, but its cloak is made of the faces of all of the dead people's agonizing thoughts that have combined into this creature's being. And it is made of wispy smoke as well and has cold sockets instead of eyes. And how is it that he always sounds so happy when he's describing horrifying creatures? Uh, I do like the idea of the gallows speakers talking to the party because um, you were you were saying like oh have the have the party here you know maybe a, a foretelling of one of the deaths or something um, but throwing in a little bit of a twist having it a little bit darker where the the hollow speaker uh, or the gallows speaker talks to a player and apologizes and just says I'm sorry I, I yeah because I mean, like you you know you know what they've seen, and when they look at you and they just apologize, like, well, why? Why are you? Why are you sorry? What, I just want to uh, see a gallows speaker <laughs> look at you and flinch, be like, oh, yeah, crap. oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's um, take damage, like damn, I, right? <laughs> I just took two d six. What is this? <laughs> you know, I would love to run a campaign where um, the players are given like a gemstone that has an infinite amount of an infinite amount of times that it can be used to revive the players from life and um the players are continually thrown against like all odds like where they they just keep dying and like they resurrect with the stone and they keep going and eventually they start being followed by they start seeing this creature in the corner of their eye Mm -hmm. and it's a gallows speaker yeah and it's just it's just a combined. It is a. It is a result of all of the lives you lost. Of all the lives you. That is oh, actually really that, Oh, that's a plot oh, hook right man. there, because and you know the players would go nuts over that. Oh, it's yeah. a. It's a res, unlimited resurrection, just like I'm respawning in a video game. Yes, and then slowly just have them go insane. And yeah. and if they if they use it too much, eventually they just, they just have to fight a party of gallows speakers that have like an infinite amount of like abilities that they that they had in life. <laughs> oh yeah, just be like mirrors. Yeah. That's- yeah, I, I mean I I mean the if I had an infinite revive stone, like the the chaos oh, that would yes. ensue, you know, like oh, oh my yeah. character can die and come back. Sweet. Let's it'd get be, it. <laughs> it'd be groundhog day. I'd be jumping off of cliffs. Right? <laughs> but then the DM or the story weaver could then use that oh yeah now and a different Ugh. tact you could take though also is say the party is i, I like to bring up crap when party is unaware mm-hmm. so they're all sleeping and a gallow speaker just wanders into camp and they all have very vivid dreams of how they're going to die Ooh. and i think that could be very fun to play with 
you know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, dream sequences, and I, I actually think we talked about this in the last horror episode last year, um, but dream sequences are a great way to introduce horror because you could do anything. The, the characters could die. The, the characters could um, see things that, you know, like, like Thorne said, either haven't come to pass or have come to pass, but from a different perspective. And then they just wake up and it's like an edge of sketch. Like, oh, it, it didn't really happen. So then the players are wondering, is it going to? Or is there a way to stop it? Or is there just, do we just go into the 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 depths of nothingness? And like, it's, then it becomes an argument of like, is there fate and destiny? And that's always a fun one to wrestle with. Oh, yeah. I like that one. That could be fun, Robbie. Mm-hmm. That stone, man. So, so when are we doing this campaign? That one, <laughs> that um, one might be, might have to do like a um, maybe one of the ones we want to do on Discord or something. This yeah, thing, that'd be good. This thing is insane. Remember how I said it had condition immunities? Mm-hmm. It has damage immunities from necrotic and poison, and it has damage resistances from bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. Um. Not only that, it you can't, so you can't like shift yourself to another plane of existence to escape it, because it can see in the material and the ethereal plane at oh, the wow. same time. <laughs> and not only that, it's it's attacks, um, the attacks that it does, the foretelling touch attack, um, lowers your probability to hitting it next turn. And the suffering it goes actually not only hits one person but four <laughs> at once. Dang! Ouch! Or psychic damage. <laughs> um, it hits one person really hard, and then everybody within thirty feet of that person it takes psychic damage also. Thirty feet? Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot. That is almost a guarantee getting it two to three players each time. And depending on the party, it could be all of them. Yeah. That is rough, man. Oof. Yeah, this thing is insane. <laughs> it's only a CR6, and I'm guessing it's only a CR6 because it doesn't have a lot of hit points, and it's it's kind of easy to hit, If but you have to, like, hit it precisely, like, on the dot. And you can't sneak up on it because it yeah. can see you. It's got true sight. It, can, it knows you're there. <laughs> so, I mean, you could even make this the big bad, you know, if you wanted to do it even as far as a level 20... Uh, big bad. You could all you have to do is just give it more HP and uh, harder hits, but keep all of the the resistances and immunities and everything, and that makes it really, really hard. Even yeah. at I don't know. I think CR six might actually be low for this creature. Yeah, because you're doing half of, damage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, half yes. damage if that. I mean, that's that's crazy. Because look at another CR six creature. Um, now, I'm not going to talk about it in depth, but I believe, I believe that a giant, like a stone giant, is a CR6 creature. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just want to point out that a stone giant um, is not, is not like, does not have like a huge like array of abilities attached to it. Right. I, that's insane. Yeah. It like just you... has a higher AC than the, yeah, these are. These are CR. These are CR seven creatures, actually. Stone oh, okay. giants. Whoa, stone giants are CR. 
Yeah, they're Sierra Sevens. Yeah, that's wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always love when I pull up a stat block, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is two pages." Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when they get fun. That's when you're like, "Okay, they can do what?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, just look at you know, if it's as big as a dragon stat block, you know, it's a it's a baddie. Yeah, kind of creature, you know, because that's that's what it seems like when you started reading all of the immunities and things. It was just as long as like an adult red dragon, you know. It just doesn't have as much hit points. And if you give it more, oh lord, help your help your party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it takes out with its condition immunities. You like, um, it takes out like a huge chunk of a lot of um, specialties from. From players like for fighters who like will, or for example monks who hit a lot of times and then prone or are restrain their um like enemies or paralyze mm -hmm. them yep um even with fighters who who do that as well and like bards who charm or cast like exhaustion on like on things or frighten like it's just eh. yeah <laughs> yeah yep. oh you also can't run from it oh you can but it, it can fly through solid objects my bad. Oh, come to, on. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. It can move through solid objects as if they were difficult terrain. <laughs> as if it would, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, we just end the episode right there. Like, that was, there's, there's your creature. There's uh, your creature. Happy Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. That one's a little scary. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of scary and untouchable, though, the Bagman. This is the Bagman. I've heard of the Bagman prior to Van Richten's Guide, but they brought it in as official D&D uh, lore and canon. The Bagman emerges from a bag of holding to collect its next victim. Beware the Bagman. It's an urban legend about an adventurer who sought to escape doom by abandoning his party and hiding between places, trans uh, and it transformed the adventurer into a monstrous creature. Uh... Van Richten's guide doesn't give a stat block, but you can go onto D and D Wiki, uh, and there is. I already found one that was a CR five, and it's it's interesting because I mean, you can have the Bagman show up anywhere, whenever, doesn't matter, because he hides in a bag of holding. And the theory is, is that all of the bags of holding, at least for the Bagman, are connected. So it could pop up in any one of your party's bags at any point in time. And I've done this. <laughs> and what is the first magic item almost every party wants? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's bags like of the, holding. It's the one thing that anyone needs, because then you don't have to worry about... Wait. If you're, yeah, you don't have to worry about encumbrance or anything if your party or your... Uh, your table even does encumbrance. I, I don't as long as it makes sense. <laughs> if you're carrying, if you're carrying thirty, uh, you know, legendary weapons, I, I might stop you. But you know, <laughs> I, I stop. I stopped anything with weight in three point five. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's too much math. I'm not going to do the gold thing. Like I assume that if if the gold gets too heavy, you melted all the gold down and made a bar. Like that's. A, <laughs> I don't yeah. care. <laughs> but uh, I do like the Bagman. Yeah. And I, you know, I've introduced the Bagman 
uh, a little bit into our most recent campaign uh, by way of having a hand uh, kind of pop out of the, the bag of holding in your peripheral vision. It's not like you, you didn't see it correctly. You just saw it off to the side. Uh, and especially in our party, we have a, uh, a little fairy uh, cre- uh, character player. And she went into the bag of or went near the bag of holding and the hand like just barely missed uh on a dex check um and i think it was bone daddy's character that was like hey what was that and then he looked in the bag and there was nothing (laughs) um having that suspense and having like oh what was that oh it's nothing you don't see anything and then just leave it be for two or three sessions you'll remember that absolutely <laughs> and probably the the most common plot hook for this would be the missing character or the mm-hmm. you know the missing person from the town or missing king yeah and the thing that it says in van richten's though is when it takes somebody into the bag they basically become another bag man yeah and and this is something i think we talked about it in in bonus content for patreon but Technically, the Bagman could be this untouchable creature. It could just be end-all, be-all. If a player is okay with losing a character, maybe they... This is a great way if they're like, you know, I found this cool idea about a new character I want to try, but I don't want (laughs) to wait. Just let your other character go. And the Bagman just... The Bagman just grabs you, and he becomes... He or she becomes another Bagman. Um, And then you can pull out your new character and have fun. Ooh, say Bagman one more time. <laughs> Bagman, Bagman, Bagman. Uh, oh, you could do a Candyman Bagman. You like, could. <laughs> you could definitely twist it any way you wanted to. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, if you didn't want it to be the the untouchable, like I said, D&D Wiki does have a stat block, and they did a really great job. It doesn't say who created this one. It doesn't attribute it to a, a author or anything. But uh, it has some nice, you know, it's got regeneration. It regains uh, 10 hit points at the start of its turn. Uh, bagman, If the Bagman takes acid or fire damage, the trait doesn't function at the start of the next turn. So it's kind of like a, a, a troll-type regeneration. Uh, but obviously it has advantage on grappling checks. Um, it's amorphous, so the Bagman can move through space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. Um and then it just has uh, multi-attack. This person gave it three attacks, uh, which is a lot for a CR5, lot. but that's totally fine. I love it. Uh, and it has bite and claw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, if you're, you could even have it to where the bagman, the bagman that comes up to the party is actually just trying to escape. Maybe it's one of those party members that was missing. Maybe it's not a fully formed bagman yet. He, they haven't lost their uh, their cognizance and so they're biting and clawing their way out and you happen to be in the way that's good I like that mm-hmm. I mean it, horror doesn't have to be all about just the pure like bash your players into submission right it's always good to have a good out for them mm-hmm. personally I don't like to do that <laughs> we know I like to bash them until they bleed we know which uh, is fun and then once they're bleeding, 
pour some salt into the wounds and then kick them while they're down. Now, it's... <laughs> that's, yes. that's Yeah, don't that's, lie, that's, it's you. I know, that's that's what I do. I do, and and I, I, I don't apologize for it. It's <laughs> In fact, I kind of like it. But that's, that's Bagman's, man. I love the art they do in Van Richten's. Oh, yeah. The art is amazing. So scary. And honestly, like, <laughs> some of the art that I've seen for the Bagman... It's kind of reminiscent of um, a little bit of Slenderman, Slenderman, and also um, Golem. Honestly, yeah. it's got that like creepy, gangly look to it. The long, wispy hair. I mean, can uh, you imagine waking up and just seeing that as it starts to crawl back into a bag of holding while pulling an NPC while pulling somebody <laughs> in with it? And there's literally nothing you can do to get to it in time. Yeah. And that is a good point, too, is if if your party doesn't like uh, character death, which is totally fine. It's a way to play. Uh, if you want to create that horror aspect, kill an NPC. Yeah. That is the easiest way to do it. Just drag an NPC into the bag in this case. Um, and... You know, it could even be a beloved NPC. That's some, you know, that's a trope that story weavers love to do is uh, warm your party up to their favorite NPC and then have them either die or be a traitor. Um, Which is my personal favorite. Yeah, it's always yeah. great. Alice. And I, I do it. <laughs> I do it when players become too dependent on NPCs. Yes. Which is a whole other episode. Oh, yeah. That's actually a really good episode. Yeah. I mean that is a whole other episode because it's gonna it's bound to happen, especially if you have newer players. Mm -hmm. It is bound to happen. But yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's What's great. A, let's let's make this a two parter. A two parter? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just really quick to close out this one. Um, go around and and say your favorite and a little bit, bit of explanation of your favorite horror campaign that you've ran. Ooh! Wow. Okay, so I personally like psychological horror. I'm the type of person that will slowly, you know, a slow burn. You know, anything like, um, think as far as like movie um, inspirations, The Shining, Silence of the Lambs, um, any kind of slow burn where uh, a person or even a, a creature is slowly introduced as the bad thing um, and creating that just just a slight uneasiness uh, into into your players that is that's my jam I, I like that that psychological aspect of things um, and anytime that I do uh, a, a description of something that I want to give uneasiness, you can do it in either your voice or just a simple description of, yeah, you see a room, um, and I actually, I'll use a TikTok that I saw. You see a room with, with three, three beds, and uh, there's, you know, some, some light switches on the wall, and then there's, there's one on the floor. <laughs> and then just move on. And they're like, wait, what's on the floor? A, a light switch. Why is the light switch on the floor? You don't know. And then just never talk about it again. And just oh, that little, <laughs> just that aspect, they're like, wait, but why is the, and of course, I mean, if it's Thorn, he's going to go and flick it. But 
every any other That's rational true. player is gonna not uh, not touch the the light switch, and it could do nothing, or it could do anything you want. Um, and that just that psychological aspect of it, it to me it creates horror. <laughs> yeah, and I would flip. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely would, especially yes. if you're playing Tobin. Like, oh, what's this? Click, 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 click. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's a small note in uh, in a language that Tobin doesn't know. Every time this light switch turns on, uh, you know, a dog dies. It's just <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> Bone Daddy. Um, my favorite horror campaign that I've played or, or ran in or ran is I have to say I really enjoyed um, coming up with the um, the campaign that I had for Strixhaven. Um, where it was like it was a mixture of um, the Ravenloft books and uh, and Strixhaven itself. Um, mm-hmm. It was called the Mists of Strixhaven. I didn't get to play it that much. Like we've had two sessions, I believe. Um, but I had a really cool concept of like kind of like the school horror type thing um, going on. Nice, which I really enjoyed doing. So. Yeah, and, and for me, was definitely the first arc of the World of Darkness that I just did not long ago. Mm-hmm. And it started off as just a simple zombie apocalypse. I really just wanted to throw a bunch of tropes out there and just have fun. And it did so much more. Yeah, It, it really grew into something that was a lot of fun to do. And there was a lot of um, the unknown fear when you would just walk into somewhere and not know if, there's, if it's riddled with zombies or not. And... I had two different kinds of zombies, you know, the traditional ramblers and then the really, really fast ones. And I, I really played up on it. It was a lot of fun. And I did yeah. some, some, and the players had some really great RP in there. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. And, and I do like the way that you, if you, when we went into a town, the way you described it, like you said, you, you didn't really tell us whether there were zombies or not. Nope. And, it it always seemed like oh this is a this is a ghost town, until you hear that one zombie moan, and then you know I remember I think we were in were we in Russia when it was like there's nothing around and then suddenly there's a horde and you're like yep. oh cool <laughs> yep yeah I was really watching a lot of uh, Walking Dead at that time <laughs> that makes so much more sense now <laughs> yeah boy. <laughs> But it was it was definitely fun, and like I said, you could do horror campaigns anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, one shots around Halloween are always a lot of fun if you want to just throw your group into a quick horror one shot and just scare the crap out of them. And if you want to kill everybody off, make it a dream sequence. Ooh, I did that. Make it a yeah. dream sequence. So I mean, it's a shared dream. You know, that's it's interesting. It can lead to a lot more other stuff. So. Or it could lead to nothing, which is my favorite. It's when the party thinks it's going to lead to everything. They're like, hey, did you have a weird dream? Yeah, I had a weird dream. It's got to mean something, and it means shit all. <laughs> Just leave them wanting more. Yep. So, like we said, this will be a, a, a two-parter. We'll introduce our other three uh, monsters uh, in our next episode. Uh, but if you guys have a awesome horror story or a horror monster that you have used in a campaign or want to use in a campaign, please let us know. Uh, our email is thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and 
like Thorne said, if you're interested in some extra bonus content and NPCs of the week and uh, some really fun uh, Discord stuff and extra st- uh, extra things, our Patreon is slash this dungeon is occupied. Uh, and you can go on from there uh, and check out our link tree at the bottom for all of our social medias. Uh, we'll put it in the, uh, the, the, what is it called? The episode notes. I can talk too, Thorn. See, I'm doing so well. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Bye. This is the end of the episode. Uh, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. Never forget the tagline. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, And if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, Also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.